Bueller. 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 And this is Rebels Without a Clue podcast, our pop culture fucking Oh my god! are back we i'm tony back i'm brad it's been a long time since we've um done a recording sesh due to um this global pandemic unforeseen circumstances yes and we have to keep our social distancing at a, at a reasonable level mm, 1.5 mm, stay away from me you mm, dirty prick you disease cunt fuck you fuck you <laughs> Hope you die of covid hey well that's pretty harsh well that is harsh <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there, No, Jen. no, because that'll be like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is nice to be back. Actually sitting in reasonable proximity with people and conversing not through a screen and actually seeing someone in person is nice. I could take it or leave it. Yeah, but you're a fucking hermit recluse cunt. I am, and I'm okay with that. I know you are. Anyway, so seeing as we've been um, keeping in contact throughout these past what, couple of months, yep. really. Um, we thought with the comeback style like this, seeing as everyone's still in lockdown and quarantines and stuff, we thought, you know what? We should belt out some recommendations of just these iconic movies that we watched growing up that still have that nostalgic and just that awesome reminder of what movies used to be. And True. ones that people haven't watched. And that's the that's the trick here. There's a lot of movies that we like, like we were talking about the other night. Mm. A lot of movies that I thought of, like, oh yeah, everyone's seen this, everyone's seen this, but I'm thinking, not a lot of people have. No, no, they haven't. No, they really haven't seen these fucking pearlers. It's quite concerning when you think about it. Like, mm. I know I was having a conversation with one of the girls from the US recently, and she was looking to me towards getting a basically recommendations for movies to watch. Mm-hmm. So I started rattling off a few, and I said, oh. You know, I'm assuming you've seen it. And I said, oh, have you seen The Matrix? And she goes, no. And I said, sorry, what? Um, I remember I was talking to a few of the young'uns at work a while ago. They didn't know what Blade was. Sorry, what? They didn't know what Blade was. Had no idea. Didn't even know it existed. I don't understand how you grow up in a realm of, oh, wait, no, I do. It's called living in a bubble. A bubble. A bubble. Fucking bubble. A bubble. But that being said, though, these particular... Colleagues of mine that I that I was talking with, yeah, they 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 <laughs> their sort of go to movies as they were growing up were High School Musical. Oh, they're part of that generation. Go, yep, yep, yep. Who did you idolize growing up? Zac Efron, Halloween, <laughs> and Selena Gomez. Mm. I don't know if she was even in it, but I'm gonna run with it. I have no idea. I've never watched. Fuck them. it. Oh, Ashley Tisdale. That's who. Oh. Was. Oh, yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like these days, you know, when you'd sit down, you'd go, to, okay, let, let me let me break it down. Let me create a All scene right, for you. Paint a picture for I'm me. I'm going to paint the most vivid portrayal of a Friday night. You are going to paint a Jackson Pollock painting just by bending over and squirting. Why am I squirting? Because you have Crohn's. Okay, I don't know how <laughs> that filters in. Because you poo a lot. Okay, but we've established that through a year and a half worth of podcasts. And we'll keep reiterating the point. Okay. Should we get back to luscious hair then? <laughs> we're going to debunk all these movies, movies and there's we're going to talk about luscious mo- hair. Because oh, I already know which one movies. in my head is luscious. Oh, there's a few. The next week's one is going to be oh, a lot of luscious. Jesus. All right. Um, it's Friday night, you finish school, you get home, you watch some cartoons. Mum says to you, what do you want for dinner? You don't have to answer it because all you need to do is wait for a 30-second delay before she goes, how about we get some fish and chips tonight? Yep. And I'm like, mum, you read my mind. Yeah. So you'd get in the car with mum, dad, whoever, and you'd head down to West Meadows for us. Yep. And yep. you'd get... The best fish and chips from the Westie place. Yep. But right next door, the video store. Good old video busters. Video busters. You'd walk in and you'd have the most epic, epic deals. Two new releases and like eight weeklies for 10 bucks. Exactly. So, <clears throat> mum and dad always had the fucking chops of choosing new releases. Yep. But you'd go straight to weeklies, weeklies 
and you would have a field day. Yeah. There was no, it was like the place to be on a Friday night. Oh yeah. And even like with Blockbuster, for me, like having worked there, but prior to that, going to the DVD store and then it was just the, they'd have movies up on the screens. We're like, oh my god, I want to watch that one. DVDs, mate. Calm yourself. Oh no, Joe, back go to back VCR. a bit. We're talking v- fucking yeah. video cassettes. Yeah, of course. That's how old we are. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and the best part about it was, Dino if anyone dad used to own a, de- a video store, really? Yeah, man. Huh. They had um uh, ownership in one of the Westy ones, hmm. and so I'd go to Dean's house, and in his garage there was a cabinet just of VCR movies. Oh. Do you know how many I racked? I, I had to. I had to. I'm like, Dean, you never watch this shit. Give it to me. Let me terrorize <laughs> myself with 80s horror. Thank you very much. There you go. Um, but my God, it was just, it was an experience. It was. These days, the streaming services and all that sort of shit throws nostalgia and that homie sitting down with the fam watching a movie out the window. But I don't know. For me, we didn't really watch the movies together because obviously mum would pick hers. My brother would pick his and I'd pick mine, which were all very different. Okay. Me and my brother had some crossovers. Yeah. Usually not with my mum, though. But we noticed that one thing I do notice that you don't do anymore mm. is that when you had that weekly, you didn't watch it once. You watched it You about watched it six as times. many possible <laughs> times as you could before you had to return it. <laughs> that was the never ending story for me. Oh, that was man. just on repeat. You just fucking watched You, you fucking. Just smash the And I think shit that's why our generation, like our people in their 30s now, use movie lines as such a regular, typical thing in any general conversation because the amount of times we watched it, it was hard not to absorb yeah. the ridiculous one liners in a lot of these movies. Oh, yeah. And it's just carried through. 100%. I, I wouldn't be the person I am if I wasn't reciting one liners. You're telling me. Exactly. So we thought we'd start off because we couldn't nail down a particular. Like, I guess time front, the time era. So time like, from? Time from. <laughs> so is that thought- from Spiderman? Yes, it's from Spiderman in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. um, so we thought we'd start off with the 80s. Yeah. And 80s, like, the, look, don't get me wrong. There were some cracking movies that came out of the 70s. But again, before our time, yeah. we, we weren't really in, like, that absolute pinnacle of nostalgic movies. In the mm. 70s. So, again, being born in 87 for myself, I was young in the 80s. But yeah. when, I'd say 91, 92, I started being shown the growth of 80s movies I was from my lot, brother and sister. I was a lot younger at that point. Well, during the 80s, I was in the negatives. Yeah. So, I wasn't in existence at that point. Correct. Um, but because of... Well, my dad had a pretty big movie collection. Yep. So having all his recorded stuff, my brother getting into it, and of course, monkey see, monkey do. 100%. My brother did, I did. Yeah. So watching all these old movies that dad used to watch, just there they all were. Yeah. So that's where it all, I guess, sprouted from. And I think it'd be interesting to actually speak to people and find out what their experience of growing up and their journey with movies, because like I know I've always said, on a more serious note, that movies were kind of my escape. If I felt shit, sad, whatever, even up to this day, if I'm having an off day, I'll put on a movie for two hours and it completely takes me to another place. Like, it has a transformative quality about it. Yeah, I think I was like that with movies a long time ago. Now, more so, for me, it's more series, Yeah, if anything. Yeah. So, I just feel, I got to that point where I felt like that every time I watched a movie, it was like anywhere from an hour and a half and beyond. And it was just like, but I want more. Like, I want to know more. Yeah. What happened next? But the movies don't give you that unless they've got a sequel. Correct. So, that's where the series sort of took over. But I digress. And when movies. you think about it, it's fucked though. Like, how I think series have a much more dominant stronghold on the, I suppose, viewing platform now than they've ever had. Yeah. Like, you look at all the streaming services, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all these sorts of things. Series dominate it. Yeah. Absolutely dominate it. Definitely. But for me, it's hard not to reflect on and go back to what quality came out of this And do you feel like with modern movies, they're not as memorable as what all the movies are? But you think about it. How many movies get released now? 
there's a fuck ton. Yeah. It's constant. It can yeah. be B grade. It can be C grade. I'm even pushing it up to fucking V grade. That's how bad some movies get. Yeah. Like backyard jobs that somehow manage to get a $50,000 budget and then get a release on DVD. Go fuck yourself. I could make something better. <laughs> it's annoying. I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, I know. I, I've got to show you the movie Be Kind Rewind because that's essentially exactly what they do. Right. We should do that. We should recreate. If anyone has any suggestions of what they'd like to see recreated with a handheld camera, mm. let us know. Um, but anyways, let's get onto it. And, the, and that phrase, be kind and rewind, pretty, it stands it out. It sums it up. It stands out a lot from what we did as, like, as youth because <laughs> yeah. that's what you did with all these fucking movies. You had to make sure before you took them back to rewind them all. And it was a big fuck you to the video store that if you didn't, yeah. it's like, fuck it, I'm not doing it today. Fuck them. Yeah. I didn't get it on time. Fuck you. <laughs> no, nah, I never did that. No, I did. We always rewinded it. I remember were, my brother- good patrons. Borrowed like eight movies. And this is like, I reckon maybe six weeks before the video store closed. Yeah. And we held on to them. Yeah. Um, anyway, my sister said to me, look, we've got to take them back. Uh, and then, so we went back and the guy said to us, he's like, oh, look, there's uh, $300 worth of fines from lateness. And he's like, oh, I just need to go get something from the back. I'll come back and help you sort it out. And Jade's like, get in the car. Let's go. So we kept them. (laughs) Fucking Dave. Anyways. Yeah. So let's go as a starting point. How do we, where do we even start, man? Well, we both compiled lists as kind of a starting point to help us talk about what obviously really triggered the nostalgic feels with us in terms of movies in the 80s. Yeah. So it was too hard to kind of sit there and go through one by one. It's just too big of a list, way too big of a list. Yeah. So we kind of brought it back into a real concise, the the best of the best for us. Yeah. All right. So, Tony, on your list, what is your first one? Well, one of the first ones for me, and I watched it a shit ton as a kid, was Rocky IV. Okay. Rocky Four is which one? So that's the one where he goes to Russia and fights Ivan Drago. Yes. And to me, that's my favorite. It's the most iconic wa- Rocky But for that me. being said, I watched all the Rockies yeah. growing up. So, but for me, that between that one and number three, Ruby versus Mr. T, yeah. those were the two most Did you iconic. like the Mr. T one? I did. Okay. I did. I, I love all the Rockies. Yeah. I, I still feel like Ivan Drago was like yep. the perfect, perfect choice. For a boxing movie and a Rocky movie. And, you know, and it's kind of funny because it, it's like, yes, it was a Rocky movie, but it was also kind of like, all right, we're going to do a rock, we're going to do a boxing movie, but we're going to throw in themes like, um, the whole Cold War thing, like America versus mm. Russia, um, seeing everybody as equals, just that, like, there revenge was a story as it. well, because he killed Apollo in that movie. And yeah. it's like, there's just so much to it, not to mention the fucking soundtrack, fucking hell. What a soundtrack. For me, Dolph Lundgren was at peak oh, yeah. at that movie. Yeah. His fitness mm. and his physique. Both him and Sly at that point. Yeah, but Sly's never dropped off. Like, he's no. never- Like, Dolph is just kind of a fat <laughs> shit cunt now. No, I think you're getting confused with Val Kilmer. Val's got <laughs> obesity and wears women's clothing for all I care. He, he is. He's like one of those hipster- I reckon he's vegan now for sure. Probably. Yeah. Anyways- um, but no, I get where you're coming from with that because it's hard not to think that, oh, what do I watch? What do I watch? I feel like a sporting movie. Rocky is kind of the thing that pops into your head. And you know what? You watch it and you still get G'd up and you still find yourself going, come on, Rocky, come on. I know. You're still like trying to cheer him on, even though you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You still like get that, oh, come on. You just still get G'd up. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think this kind of leads me into one of your other movies. But before we get there, yep. can you think of an iconic line from Rocky Ford? Oh, God. Uh, not the, off the top of my head. The one that, that always comes to me whenever, I, whenever yeah. I think of it is, I must break you. 100%. <laughs> Every time. 100%. But I must and break I feel like Drago <laughs> was permanently sweating for the yeah. whole movie. Oh, he was. But I don't even feel- He was like- just covered in flop sweat. It was it was glistening through the whole movie. He was like fucking Edward Cullen from Twilight, oh, but no. thirty years ago. No, he wasn't. fuck you, fuck you. The, the, all right, now he was I've got sweaty, some, not glittering. I've got something on you now. He Twilight's was, the best vampire movie ever. Shut up. That's fine. I'm dealing with that. No, you're not. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, seeking uh, rehab uh, uh, about uh, uh, that. But <laughs> he's glistening. He's not sweating. He's glistening. 
He's glistened through the but whole But that being movie. said, him and both Sly, when they go to fight, or even um, Bill Weathers when he- Oh, yeah, yeah. Jumps towards Apollo yeah. Creed. Whenever someone's fighting, they're always glistening. 100%. It's like they get oiled up before they fight. I reckon they'd have to be, yeah. because no one's body sparkles that much <laughs> in a fight. No one but is obviously sweating in that the much, 80s, that's apart from my missus. <laughs> in I'm the 80s, that's listen. how it was done. You think of any sort of fighting movie- Yeah. Or any movie where you'd get the main character's top would be off. Yeah. They're always glistening. Bruce Lee in, um, uh, what's it called? Enter the Dragon. Arnie in Commando. Arnie in Predator. Arnie in anything. <laughs> Arnie Red Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Arnie literally in anything. Yeah, pretty But much. I'd be happy to glisten his body up because that is- that is a physique of a Greek Adonis, mm. literally. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You'd wouldn't. love to rub his abs. Mm, no, mm-hmm. mm, Arnie, mm, I can feel your washboard stomach. <laughs> God, <laughs> thank you. So, where was this going to lead to? Um, Another pick. So, in terms of uh, Rocky, mm-hmm. one of those again fighting kind of style things, Rambo. <laughs> like yes. it's hard not yes. to want yes. to get involved in a Rambo movie. Oh man, fuck! Um, I love Rambo. You kind of just all wait. my being. I remember the first time watching Rambo. I was at um, a relative's house. Um, it was my mum's auntie, so she's an old lady. Yeah. So nothing really much to do. And the room I was staying in, me and my brother were in that room, and. They had a little TV in there. It was still a black and white TV, mind you. Yeah. That's how old this cunt, this thing was. Okay? This cunt was. Yeah. Yeah. So, old black and white TV, just normal free-to-air TV. And what was showing one night? Rambo First Blood. Yeah. So, me, I remember me and my brother watching it in the spare room in black and white for the first time. And that shit was insane. And you didn't need all the finesse of, you know, a 72-inch screen and all this other bullshit it was you watched it and it was just like it captivated you. Well, it wasn't so much that it was you worked with what you had. Yeah, but like it's like we didn't have a choice really. That's just all there but was. Still, there apart was, from staring at a wall, you were entrenched in it regardless. Yeah, it's hard not to be. Yeah. And like I think the montage scenes of him preparing weapons <gasps> is oh, kind of oh, what made the Rambo weapons, the traps. Yeah. That's oh, what man. did it for me. And the it's kills. Funny because, yeah, and it's funny because you don't, you didn't really think. Of all the underlying themes of the movie when you were that age watching Post-traumatic it. stress disorder. Yeah. Yeah. That. Which was the ultimate theme of every fucking or just, Rambo. Or just the way that um, Vietnam vets were treated when they came back oh, from yeah. the war. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Like, you didn't really pick up on that when you were watching it when you were younger. No. All you picked up on was, was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Number one. The fights. The weapons. And the deaths. That's <laughs> all you watched it for. And the explosions. We sound like, like high school fuck. shooters. Oh. <laughs> You're fucked. That is true. Um, but yeah, Rambo First Blood, definitely one that if you're in quarantine and lockdown, the two movies we've mentioned so far, so Rocky Four and Rambo, if you haven't seen them, watch them. Just watch them. If, if you haven't seen them, I'm concerned. I'm genuinely concerned because they are such a crucial part of cinema that if you haven't seen them, you're a fuckwit. And I'm guessing that if you haven't, if you've, if, if you're you, at home, if you, you've probably already gone through all the movies on Netflix and- Flicks. <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> you probably watched all the movies on Netflix. You've watched pretty much everything that's on Disney Plus by now and whatever other streaming service you're using and you've run out of shit to watch. So get on it. Yeah. Just find these movies and start watching Download them. them. So anything get that we mentioned tonight, can. start. Yes, start please. Start watching these movies. Please. It's so worth it. Um, what have you? What about you? Okay, well, the next one on your list is also one on mine, and this is one I feel like I can talk about for years. <laughs> it, I have a problem with this movie, um, but I feel like the eighties would not be the eighties without this movie in it. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> it was a far cry from what it should have been, but it was still great. There, ah, uh, yep. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to start with this one. Well, how about the title? Hey, man, Masters of the Universe. Yep. By the it was actually title, just released. It was actually just released as Masters of the Universe. True. By the title alone, you're like, okay, this is gonna be pure ass. But for those playing at home, 
if you didn't know this already, that movie was based off an old cartoon mm-hmm. that was originally made for a toy line. Yes. Of He-Man and the Master of the Universe. So, now, me and my brother grew up watching this show as kids. Mm-hmm. Very, oh, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> it was one of those- There's no words. Like, we couldn't not watch it. Like, yeah. It was, we were glued to it. Yeah. And it was one of those old school shows where at the end of the episode, they would do the revision and go, in today's story, and tell you the message of the of the episode and why things happened the way they did. Yeah. Which, a very 80s thing. 100%. But this movie, nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. No. It was, <laughs> it was its own thing. I think Skeletor- was one of my first- Not that version of Skeletor. Frank Langella's version. I love that version of Skeletor. There only was one Skeletor. And that's- No, no. Um, I I can recycle lines- Evelyn! Recycle lines from that movie like No Tomorrow. Example? Uh, don't, even, don't even put that on. I'm not going to go. On. Into, no, no, no. I'm not going to go into one. it. Let me, let me get through the rest of Just this. One. Let me get through the rest of this. So his version of Skeletor was the first ever real iconic villain for me that I was scared of. Okay. Um, that kind of led into the dark crevice of horror that I love. Really? Yeah. So I can pinpoint it back to that. Skeletor's face in Master of the Universe terrified me. Really? Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And when he raised his voice, it just, I don't know, it got to me. I think one thing I always questioned when I watched it as a kid, Mm. every time I saw Skeletor, I sort of looked at him like, why can't I see his eyes? Okay. It's supposed to be just nothing there. Yeah. You know, like always, it always annoyed me because I'd watched the cartoon so religiously. Yeah. And I knew what Skeletor looked like. Yeah. And then I saw that. I'm like, why is, why does he have eyes? Like he's not supposed to have eyes. Yeah. Anyway. He man, no! Tila, I have no choice. <laughs> this is our fight. I don't want any people to die. <laughs> oh, God. It was great. It was... Oh, look, it's so bad that it's great. It's so fucking bad, but it's brilliant at yeah. the same time. And look, at the end of the day, it's not going to be for everyone. No. I wouldn't hold it against anyone for not volunteering to watch that. But the pro- but the good thing is that you could watch that and have, like, now you could watch that and have a good giggle. Oh, 100%. But the problem is I watch that now and I still get just as engrossed as I did when I was a child. <laughs> it's fucked. Because along the line, lo- oh, my God, I've just made a connection here. What was the cunt with the tail and the helmet? Oh, the guy looked like Predator? Yeah. I do not remember. There's the the drawing, the comparisons. He terrified me as well. Mm. And the sounds he used to make. Yeah, he sort of roared, did he? Or He just had a, like a huskiness no, no, to no, it. No, no, no. It was Beast Man that did the roar. And then there was Blade. Yeah. With the eye patch. He was a fucking loser. He used to do my head in. He reminds me of... um, Karg. Karg was the name of the creature. It wasn't even a, that wasn't even a villain from the original. Doesn't matter. They was, made up these people. Or what was that guy that looked like fucking Sindel from Mortal Kombat? Which wait, had the, the white like uh, teased hair. Oh, that um, kind. I don't remember who it was, but he appeared out of nowhere. The only two villains that come to mind I, oh. that actually were in that movie from the original yeah. were Evil Lynn, yeah, and Beast Man. Okay. Any of the other henchmen. We're brand new. Well, I now need to get the names right because I feel like the white guy's hair hmm. was actually Karg. Okay, so we have... Oh, remember Gwildor? Gwildor. I'm going, I'm going. You know why they... Do you know why they actually made Gwildor in this movie? Why? Because they didn't have a big enough budget to make Orko. Oh, okay. That's oh, why. Sarod. Oh my god, he actually looks like the fucking creature. Pons Ma. He really does. Yeah. What a horrible looking man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Karg. And again, he looks exactly like him. Robert Towers. Okay. Beast Man and Blade. Oh my god, look at Blade now. Completely different. Yeah, it's not even him. Yeah. They're fucking lying. I can't even pick him. Nah. But those characters, for me, like, as much as I wanted it to pay, play adage to the original and what the yeah. cartoon was, yeah. I still loved what they did with the movie. 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but you're a real harsh critic when um, it comes to that shit. When it comes to stuff that I grew up with and they try to make a new adaption to it, yeah. I'm very harsh with it. Because oh. to me, if it doesn't resemble the original in any shape, way, or form, then it's like, well, what the fuck is this? One thing I'm going to point out of it, luscious hair. Oh, Dolph Lundgren's hair in that movie, or even Teela's oh. hair in that movie. Yeah. It was just, there was luscious locks everywhere. It was like footloose integrated into like an action movie. It was just amazing hair. And fucking Courtney Cox out of nowhere. Yeah, she was a fucking child. Yeah. Yeah. She was still in her probably mid to late teens at that point. Easy, easy. Um, And little did we know how big she was going to become. Yep. Okay, so that's another one. There was that, oh, what about the the cop? The cop who had a bigger role in that movie than what he should have. True, and his name was Detective name? Lubick. Yeah, but James what? Tolkien. But why was he? Like, why did he have why such a big he? role? I don't know. They gave him such a big role in that movie, and no one knows why. I'm devastated that that has only a five point four. <laughs> I'm surprised IMDb. it's got a five point four. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sorceress was amazing. I used yeah. to love that character. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. I look at it now. I'm like, not hot enough. Oh fuck <laughs> off! You're a pig. As a kid, yeah, it was um, yeah, like I, I remember watching it from the start, and then going, "Why is Sorceress an old lady?" And then didn't realize till at the end, like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, she sense. was pretty hot when she revamped. Yeah, when she got her power. Back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, so all right, Master of the Universe down. Now, going back to Sly, mm-hmm. one of the, easily probably, you know what, I'm going to say it. Oh, is it? All right. It's one of, it's one of my favorite action movies of the 80s by far. Okay. Well, you can talk about this one. Tango and Cash. It was a quality combination. Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Holy crap. What a combination. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Kurt Russell's props of the 80s look at fucking escape from new york escape from la jesus christ he did some outrageous movies oh yeah but this part great. suited him to big trouble in little china oh we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that. yeah but tango and cash man came out towards the ass end of the 80s so came out in 89 mm-hmm. but made it just in time to fit into that category of just ridiculousness yeah so you got two Big time cops from two very different precincts who, through certain happenings and whatnot, end up teaming up after they get framed for a murder. Mm-hmm. And just hijinks ensue. Not to mention, oh, what was uh Shit, what's her name? Um, the chick from it? Yes. Yeah, I'll name? get it for uh, you. Ah, shit. Oh, the name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Tia. Carrera. No, was it? no it wasn't Tia Carrera. Um, Terry Hatcher Terry Hatcher yes my god what a babe what an absolute but you babe. obviously also enjoyed her from Lois and Clark as well do you remember Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane? of course I do yes definitely but she how she looked in Tango and Cash poor and still looks great today yeah she's aged oh god oh, and oh my god oh. Oh. Oof. Yeah, she aged very, very well, but she was very pretty and sexy in the originals. Come on, the part where she's when they find her at the club. Oh, I know, oh, I know, oh, I know. Oh my god, that that led to a lot of. But you know, one material. of the parts that stands out the most for me, well, a few scenes in general that stand out the most when you first get the look of Sly as he's chasing down the trucker. Yeah, yeah. Stands at the front of his car. Truck coming at him head on, rips out the six shooter, bang, 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 and truck explodes. True. Like, get fucked. That's 80s action. It was cool to the shit house, man. It was so fucking cool. Yeah. Man. Ridiculously far fetched. So there was that. Um, (laughs) when they're both in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, um, I think Kurt Russell takes the piss out of Sly. He's like, don't, don't pass the soap, will you? <laughs> it, it it's just it's and, a staple and one of the last sort of iconic parts mm-hmm. when they finally get that fuck off assault minivan. <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing I forgot about was that. ridiculous. Right. It, sa- it. it sounded like a fucking it sounded like an unmuffled V twelve 
on this fucking <laughs> people mover with well. monster truck wheels mm-hmm. and fucking 50 cal machine guns on it. It was fucked. Yeah. Like, how does the police department in America have Allow a vehicle that. like that? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And they raid this fucking compound with it. It goes through literally a battlefield and it survives. It It's fucking ridiculous. But it was always meant but to. But it was like- such a cool car. Oh, 100%. It was fucking nuts. It was amazing. So good, man. All right. Uh, one of, I suppose, my major ones was the never-ending story. Yeah. I think because I was somewhat of a nerd as a child, mm-hmm. the fact that there was kind of a book coming to life in Neverending Story is kind of what set me off on it. Right. Um, and it was actually introduced to me from my sister who loved it even in her teens. And we still love it to this day. But I'm definitely going to say that it has one of the most traumatic death scenes I've ever experienced. Mm. Artex dying. Artex, yeah. Oh, my God. That I, was quite traumatic. Oh, I don't have. And this words. is, and this was pre Lion King at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this kind of sent the benchmark for seeing an animal death in yeah. a movie where you really tugged the heart. Do you know tricks. who I wanted to fucking die? Mauler, the turtle. <laughs> that fucking bitch kept sneezing and uh, led to Artex's death. We, we wouldn't have to go and see Mauler, and oh, Artex died. Mm. Fuck you, Mauler. <laughs> Oh, I have a real problem with that. Yeah. But, but that was a very traumatic scene. Yes, but I feel like to a degree, as weird as it may sound, that was kind of the first sci-fi fantasy stuff that- Fantasy, definitely. Epic style, long, drawn-out, big story mm. in kind of my love of like Lord of the Rings and all yeah. that sort of stuff. That was definitely kind of a catalyst for it. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, like Falcor the Dragon. Yeah. You know, the the beast, the nothing, like all these sorts yeah. of things yeah. tied into such an amazing story. It, yeah. It's just as a child, if you have not been exposed to this, you have not had an authentic childhood in my books. But that's just me. I'll leave that with you. Okay. Footloose. Now, this is one that <laughs> I didn't, that <laughs> never tickled me as a kid. Yeah. I never, I never got into it. Mm-hmm. I've watched it in my later years. It still doesn't. Yeah. You're not a big dance head, though. No. No. Not at all. But for anyone that can has grown up in the 80s, fashion, dance, hair, all tie in in the same bracket. Footloose surmised that. Footloose was the 80s. There is no other way to describe it. Between that being one of the best soundtracks ever for any movie, I will say that wholeheartedly. Okay. And Kevin Bacon with his ability to dance. So, he was actually a trained dancer. Right. Um, hence the reason he got chose for the part. But the whole feel of it was, you know how like in the 80s, it was there was always kind of a message at the end of a movie or it was made to f- make you feel good. Yeah. Let you think lethal weapons. Like all this bad shit happens and then they get together at the end. Happy ending. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of like that because my childhood represented happy endings Mm. and thinking about that movie, that did it for me. Like it had the recipe, that formula of, you know, moves to a new town, doesn't get along with anyone, decides to make a change, everyone's against him. It's like a fucking old school Shakespearean plot. It's the whole, you know what? It's the major theme of the 80s was the whole, the story of the underdog. Literally, literally. There are so many movies like it. Oh, yeah. Breakfast Club. Mm. Like it's, we'll it's yeah. <laughs> where where do you stop? Like it just it streams of different thoughts of the. Yep. It, it's hard not to. Yeah. Um. But yes. Yeah, so Footloose for me, between building my love of dance and I think just the general sense of fashion and kind of a way to be like just. I don't know what it was, but I loved his character. I found myself associating with that character, even from a young age. I don't know why, but I, I suppose to a degree, I always thought of myself as an underdog. So You wanted to be Kevin Bacon. I fucking... Oh, tell me who didn't. I wanted to be wearing a fucking white singlet and tight ass jeans and white Air Force Ones <laughs> just to look the part. But if I did that, I'd look like a raging homo. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. He could pull it off. Mm. I'd look as gay as AIDS. Mm. So I'm kind of glad that I never fell into that category. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, so that was definitely one of my faves. Yeah. Now this now I'll I'll bring this up. Mm-hmm. I'll let you do most of the talking for this one though, because you actually introduced this one to me. I did. I didn't I did. know about this movie until you showed me it when we were a lot younger. Yes. The Lost Boys. I where do I even begin? So first of all, I will say definitively the best vampire movie. But again, you know, I'm entitled to my own opinion. Yeah. Um I'd say it is definitely one of the best. Correct. It was probably the truest form of um, horror that came out of the 80s. Like, 80s was a big era of horror. Like, there were so many iconic horror movies of the time. And vampires were starting to really take shape between Fright Night. um, And then you look at kind of, fuck me, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw, all these movies, Chucky, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. They all came out around that same time. The forefathers of horror were born into this era. So the Lost Boys obviously had to sit on that pedestal as well. And I think they did a fucking damn good job at it. It was true in terms of what a vampire should be. Like brutal, flirtatious, sexy, like terrifying. Badass. Bad ass. Mm. Absolutely bad ass. Yeah. And for me, they couldn't have cast it any better between having the Frog Brothers, <laughs> Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, Kiefer, Kiefer. Sutherland. Kiefer like, Sutherland. What a fucking boss in that movie. 100%. He was such a cool character. 100%. Um, he nailed that part. He did. And, and like, I wish Kiefer had gone on and gone into the horror genre more. Like, he never really did get, like, he ventured into more serious shit. But he became Jack Bauer. Oh, see, I think of him in like A Time to Kill where he played a, like a white supremacist. And, like he plays that perfectly. Yeah, I also think of him as the sniper from Phone Booth. Oh, that's true. Shit, I don't even think of that yeah. one. But that will always go down. I've That's probably the movie I've watched the most out of any movie ever. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. All right, let's do one of yours now. Now- Oh, which one to do? Um, all right, well, let's do... Yeah, well, well, well I was going to do that one. Put him in a body bag, Johnny! <laughs> so, Karate Kid. Yes. Now, for anyone who was a youth growing up in either the 80s or the 90s, Karate Kid was the be-all and end-all. We all <sighs> saw it. Yeah. We all watched it a thousand times, and you all wanted to be Danny. Yeah. Apart from being, again, a raging homo in his clothing, yeah. but but you but how many people took up karate after watching that movie? I would love to know the statistics of the increase after dude, Karate Kid came out. Dude. How many people did karate? Oh, it, it would have exploded. Yeah, that crane kick that he does at the end—it's oh, yeah. just like, yeah, mate. I don't have words. Sweep the leg. Oh yes, please try, cunt. Please try and sweep his leg because he's going to decimate you, you fucking cunt. Or even just the real iconic wax on. Oh, wax oh my off. God. That, that translated to so many different movies, TV shows, where they just kept referencing that one How line. many times is Miyagi referenced? <sighs> Miyagi, Miyagi is just man. everywhere. Oh, Mr. Pat Miyagi. Morita is his real name. One of the best, Oaken, one of the best. Like in movie sensei type, hundred percent. Oh, that that could be a serious podcast topic. Best mentor slash sensei slash um, guide, whatever you want. Okay, it could be very fucking cool. But yeah, but Karate Kid was just fucking. It was just amazing. It just it sends chills because it's like. You know, you'll be sitting at home and you'll see a snip of it on free-to-air because it's generally where it's aired and you cannot change the channel. No. You will not change the channel. I don't no. give a fuck who you are. You will sit there and watch the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yep, yep. And you'll know from which part it is. It's like, oh, yes, I've still got 45 minutes to go. Yep. Yes, I'm at that right scene. And you know what? And again, it's that typical 80s thing of the underdog story. Yeah. And similar to Footloose, kid moves to a new town, has no friends, gets bullied. It was the formula for back then. Yep. It really was. Yep. Okay, I've got an interesting question. What's the formula now? I don't even know. There is none. There is none. And do you think this is why the formula 
created iconic movies. Could be. Because there is, like, when you think about it, today, okay, we, obviously Marvel controls a massive monopoly of movie market now. Yeah. Um, in terms of action movies, right? Yeah. Where are the commandos? Where are the predators? Where are the with the majority of action movies now, to me, it seems like majority of them are just revenge stories. Yeah. But the only one that doesn't seem to be that much of a revenge story, I could be wrong yeah. here, but I feel like John Wick isn't <laughs> that much of a revenge story. I had it in my head. I had it in my head. It doesn't Ready feel like go. a revenge story. It just feels like, all right, we're just going to put this real badass murdering motherfucker mm. and let him just unleash on people. Yeah. And I think one, just on a side and note. And because he's not an underdog in that movie, he's fucking, it's like trying to take down the king. I love when everyone, especially like the Russians in the first one, mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. him like he's the boogeyman. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my so God. Cool. And it just makes you think, fuck. Like he's so quiet at the start and you're thinking, what's he going to do? And then you see it. Yeah. Again, like Equalizer. That kind of same vein, like you yeah. don't know what he's capable of. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah. I think that seems to be more of the common, I guess, structure of yeah. action movies now. Yeah, it's true. That, oh, that's really interesting. I feel like we've come to a revelation here. The formula is non-existent these days. But it is. It's a messy formula yeah. in my books. Anyway. Yeah. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Tell me you didn't. You didn't ever wear start wearing the bandana after watching Karate Kid. Bro, I smashed that bandana. <laughs> I didn't have that exact one. I couldn't source no that anywhere. Did. No one did. Unless you're going to Japan, you ain't getting that exactly. bandana. If you, if you were going to find the Rising Sun bandana, good luck to you. Yeah, pretty much. You but just found whatever if you could find. anyone did, they were absolute end. They were the boss. 100%. They were so fucking We'll good. follow you into war, cunt. <laughs> um... But yeah, Karate Kid just kind of cemented itself as one of those absolute starting points for underdog story, um, for fighting movies. Because you think about it, like how many fucking, okay, and 80s movies that also kind of, funnily enough, like you think about it, you've got Bloodsport, you've got Kickboxer. Yeah. Do you remember, this might trigger, No Retreat, No Surrender. Of course I do. Van Damme's, one of his first ever movies. And that was the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Bobby, no retreat, no surrender. And it's like this music amped up and it was the worst synthesizer I've ever heard in my life. But my God, you got into it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'd yeah. Put, I'd put that on the on the list as well of movies to watch. Well, those three, Kickboxer, Bloodsport and No Retreat, No, Resen- no Surrender. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to point out something here. Problem with Van Damme movies. Wow. Apart from the multitude of things wrong with them. There's a scene in every single <laughs> one of his movies. What? What? No, no, no. You don't know where I'm going with this yet. I've got a feeling it's going to be one or two things. Okay. It's shot from seven different angles of him doing this. The dance. Ah, oh, oh, right. Ah, He'll be flexing. The, the flexing the screen. And especially the scene in Kickboxer where he gets the... Sh- no, uh, Bloodsport. He gets shit thrown in his eyes. And he's saying... Ah, <laughs> and it just keeps going. You've filmed it from six angles. <laughs> I get he's got stuff in his eyes. But let's move on, please. That's not what I was thinking, actually. Which I was one? thinking there was two things that usually come up in most of these movies. Is there'll be one scene where they'll have J- JCVD dancing. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Don't know why. In the but- tightest pleated pants yep. known to man. Yep. And a black singlet. Yep. Fucking hell. And there's always a scene of where when he's, he's training. Oh. Oh. And he's doing the splits. There's that. And also, there'll be a scene in every Van Damme movie where he's getting out of a bed and pulling his jocks up just to show his bum. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I've seen it in so many of his movies. Like, we get it. You've got a good bum. But let's move on. Oh, my God. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Right. Okay. So, Poltergeist. <laughs> I remember you showing me this as You a were kid. terrorized. I was terrorized by both <laughs> yep. I had nightmares for months yep. after that. Thank you very much. My you pleasure. My absolute pleasure. You're an asshole. Um, Poltergeist kind of sits in that category of iconic 80s horror. Like, 
there is no way to detract anything from what that started. If you look at paranormal activity, you look at any entity or ghost movie, I guarantee you there are roots and themes within it that carry back to what Poltergeist started. It is one of the most pinnacle pieces in terms of the ghost genre in horror movies for me. That little girl was terrifying in herself. Yeah. And I think it was, it wasn't even, see, it wasn't scary for me. Like, it was, if anyone has seen Poltergeist 2, the old man with the wide brim hat is what terrified me. He was probably the scariest character to come out of Poltergeist for me. But I can't really say much more than that. Like, that is just a crucial part of my pie, my horror pie. Going on from that, I'll lead into one quick one, other one. Nightmare on Elm Street. So, where do you even begin? Where the fuck do you even begin? So, I will firstly definitively say that Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, is by far, by far the best one. Number one was great because it started the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series. I felt like number two kind of was good, but it didn't carry that freddiness. I don't know how to explain that any better, but number three just was kind of exactly what I wanted out of Freddy Krueger. It was terrifying. It was haunting. It was everything. And I think when they kind of went through the story and the dialogue about, you know, he's the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, when they explored the idea of that, that made me more scared of that character than I'd ever been. Uh, I think up until that point, yeah, it was someone that haunted you in your dreams. That's fantastic. But when they set up groundwork and a story, and I don't, I'm not just saying in terms of Freddy Krueger, but when you find a character that has a fucked up past, like it's always more interesting yeah. than if it's just someone, okay, yeah, it's But a that wasn't creature. explored in Nightmare on Elm Street, was it? Later on, it was. But in the first one? We're in the first one, you don't get that. Yeah. So, just going on the first one. Yeah. What is it that they kind of, that's they pretty much stuck to you? Oh, the first one. Um, I think him, oh, God. There's, there's a lot. His face is what does it for me. The whole fire and the burning. And that kind of terrified me, just his look, because it was kind of the first thing I'd ever seen in terms of horror stuff where I was terrified from a human. Yeah. Like, it was just a burnt man. Yeah. You know, you think about it, Friday the 13th, you never really ever see the guy's face. Jason, it's always the hockey mask. Michael Myers always had his white mask on. Alien, you know, fucking Chucky's a doll. But this was kind of the first man that you see, and he was terrifying. And Robert Englund, you're a genius. Do you think it was that terrifying because you've got to see, like, his facial expressions? Yes, 100%. 100%. And Robert Englund is genuinely a psycho fuck. Like, he is just- Even these days when he goes to, like, Comic-Con and stuff and he takes photos and shit, he looks psychotic. He could have been a serial killer. Genuinely. I think that just goes down to his acting chops. Really. Exactly. That's my point. And that's why I'm saying when they made the new one, they didn't get the right guy. They made his face look shit. Yes, they paid homage to the story, but they fucking ruined Freddy. Don't worry about the Ruined it. Don't worry about I'm the just saying. Um, Stick to the true original. But Dream Warriors by far is the tits of that series. I started getting concerned when it hit five and six and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I was like, <laughs> stop it now, please. Um, but the original, though, do you the, think seeing like the kind of weapon that he used, the bladed gloves, do you think that added to the whole 100%. Like, 100%. Because it wasn't supernatural or ghostly in any well, way. I don't think I've ever seen another weapon like it. No, really, no, because like they're scary. You like, think those those gloves are fucking scary? Fri- like Michael Myers had a knife, Jason had a machete, Texas chainsaw. It was a, ch- a chainsaw, um, clearly. And you know, Chucky was kind of just you know using a different shit. Yeah, but that was kind of see. I've always wanted to get my hands on a glove. Mm. That is absolutely something I must own. But yeah, it it goes down as. One of my number ones. Like, I still want to get a Freddy tattoo. That's how passionate I am about this cunt. All right. What else do you have? 
Well, this goes down as probably one of my favourite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I still love it now as much as I did when I first watched it. Yep. Although, at least now, because I'm not as chicken shit as I was as a kid, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't scare the living daylights out of me at the end. <laughs> How old were you when you watched it? I would have been five or six. Okay. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I, yep. was, I was little. Uh-huh. Uh, and this movie would be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, as a kid, I was, and even to this day, I'm still a really big fan of cartoons in general. Mm-hmm. All right. So Continue. So going on everything from, let's say, to from Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies to old Walt Disney cartoons to um, to the, any any sort of animated show of any sort, I'm yeah. a fan. Right, seeing those come to the big, big silver screen, mixed in with live action for the first time, yeah, was mind blowing. That, that, that to was me. that you'd have to think about it. That'd be one of the first. It was not. What else? There was a movie. Actually, I have to double. I have to cross reference that. Okay. Um, because there was another one that came out uh, ages ago, and there were black and white movies where they integrated like yeah, yeah. cartoons into live action, like. For example, there's the scene of Mary Poppins. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. But this was, this was different. That, 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 that was a different path. That yeah, because yeah. those were just more cameos. Yes, correct. Um, this was solely based on that. Yeah. So the other one that comes to mind is a movie called Cool World. Okay. Now that Brad came Pitt. out later on. Yeah. Holy shit. That came okay. Out later on, right? So yeah, this would have been one of the first like that. Yeah. And it blew my mind seeing cartoons interact. With the real world, real world, yeah, but actually be main characters in the story, not mm. just little side cameos, yeah, which was incredible. Like I, just, I was frothing over the cartoons, and and you know what, the story was actually and pretty the good. Story was awesome, yeah. Like I yeah. still love the story, yeah. And it was I very still- easy to watch, <sighs> oh, very easy to watch, and even like to this day. As a 32-year-old man, I could sit there and watch it and happily watch it. Like yep. it's not and something that I get bored get a with. Chubby over Jessica Rabbit. She was fucking hot. <laughs> Easily the most attractive and sexy animated character. As a child, date. I think on a subconscious level, that became Wang Bank material. To a degree. I didn't know what my dick was at the time. But no, I mean either. I, I was bound to explore it at some point. Yes. And I explored it with a few thoughts of her, maybe. Yeah, but... Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Easily one of the one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that, and I liked the whole feel of like that sort of that what was that like a nineteen thirties nineteen forties sort of feel gangster vibe, it. kind of gangster vibe, but the old school detective. Yeah, yeah, the whole the the jazz music through it, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff had that really kind of somber tone to it. Yeah, but, but obviously, I never realized that as a kid. But watching it now, I'm like, yeah, this is. This was done really, really. It was, and one of um, I think one of his early. Well, I don't know if it's his first. It was one of his earlier like major projects, Robert Zemeckis. Oh fuck, it was that too. was Robert Zemeckis. Holy shit! Yeah. And yep. for those of you who do not know who Robert Zemeckis is, let me give you the props of this guy. He's done a lot of fucking high end. Okay, stuff. so let's like, talk about I would almost. I would put him on the same level as Spielberg. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Back to the Future, Forrest yep. Gump. Uh, well, for more contemporary times, you've got Contact, Flight. Um, he also did uh, The Walk. Holy shit, I didn't know he did that. Real Steel, Be- Beowulf. Yep. Uh, he did Monster House. Okay. House of Wax. Oh, that's a bit concerning. Gothica, Matchstick Men, Ghost Ship, 13 Ghosts he did, Cast Away, What Lies Beneath, House on Haunted Hill. Okay, so his film, his film database, The Frighteners. Is, holy, his filmography shit. is ridiculous. Like he it's big. has done, it's heaps. really big, and to, and it just makes you think. It just sort of puts it into play. Like, okay, now I know why that movie was done so well because he is such a talented director. He, yeah, he, I'm looking at him now, he did a lot. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. Such a great movie, and I still say. To my dying breath, that that is one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, Easily. I can see why. You need to watch it. If you haven't watched it, just watch it. I suppose one that really kind of did it for both me and you. Yeah, you know which I'm going to talk about is Predator. Oh yes, Arnie had to slip in here somewhere. Had to. Yes, it'd be a false list if we did not incorporate at least one of the, his movies. And for those listening, we're talking about the original Predator. Not 
the new ones. Yes, correct. The original 1987. 1987 Predator. Yes. Between the characters in it, the creature itself, holy shit. Just awesome for a movie where the kind of the main villain of the movie, you barely see him. Barely see. That's what made it so suspenseful. Oh, my God. You didn't see the character until the very, very end. And then when you did see him, you shit bricks. Yeah. I still have nightmares about it today. Really? Yeah. In a kind of, not as in based in the movie way, but kind of it pops up in real life situations where I'll see that kind of face and that kind of, it's just- Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I was terrorized as a child. Um, <laughs> when I had a movie called Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman, mm. and we had it on VCR. Yeah. When Lean on Me finished, the last 20 minutes of Predator was after it. <laughs> so my brother and sister would hear me watching Lean on Me, and then they would come out, and one would sit on one side of me, one would sit on the other side of me, and hold my hands down on the couch. Oh. So, when the movie, you know how when you tape over something, you yes. get the grey? Yes. And I'd start to see it popping up. They'd hold me down. When I saw that oh, face wow. the first time, I, I think I honestly had some kind of PTSD because I hid behind the couch and I shook. I was like... Um, and I think I developed a really bad aversion to that character that traumatized me. But for some reason We're now- We're talking his actual face, right? His actual face. Yeah, that, that, scary. that scared scary. me as well. And Robert Michael Hall, who's the guy who played Predator, was like six foot nine. Yeah, big, so, big man. Again, one of the props of 80s, they got people to do it. Yeah. It was people in suits, which made it so much more terrifying. Like- if anyone's seen the new Predator, the problem I had was the initial per- Predator that they introduce, fine. It's a big guy. Some oh, I can't think of his name. Someone Mears. I showed you the other night. Anyway, yeah. but then they brought a CGI Predator in and I was like, what have you done? What have you done? Yeah. Part of the proper feel of Predator is when the guy's in a suit. To yeah. see him move like human motion. Yeah. Like CGI gets pretty close. It does. But it's not the same. But they fucking ruined it. Especially not all CGI in movies can be as authentic as a leader. No, exactly right. And again, the new Predator wouldn't have had the budget that a leader would have had on CGI. So my issue is stick to the formula that works. It can be a Marvel-based movie. It can be a comic-based movie. It can be a a recreation, but stick to what worked. Why was it successful in the fucking first place? Use those steps in making a fucking movie. Like, I have a real issue with it. But the lines that came out of that. Shall we? Oh, my God. Okay. Give me some. You go first. Dylan, you son of a bitch. What's the matter? See, See, you got 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 too many pencils. For yourself, Dutch. <laughs> if it bleeds, we, we can, can kill it. it. Billy, you know something. What is it? I don't know, Poncho. There's something out there. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there. There ain't no man. <laughs> or one that Age used to rip out a lot for our longtime listeners. Yeah. Mac. 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 <laughs> um, or the most iconic of the whole movie. Get to the chopper! Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Um, or the one I personally love. Hang on, hang you on, are hang one on. Ugly it's, motherfucker. It's eyes that change color like the chameleon. Sorry, just that girl shits me every. Spiling, stick around. <laughs> That's commando. Uh, knock, knock. Wasn't uh, that commando as well? No, knock, knock. When he um, says knock, knock, kicks the door down. And then shoots the two guys in the flat. That was Commander. 100% it's not. Don't don't, don't play me on this okay. because I will win. Okay. God, there were so many fucking lines from that. Come on, what are you waiting for? Do it now, I'm here. But would you believe Hawkins, the guy with the glasses? Mm-hmm. That's Shane Black, who's the director. Oh, really? Of that one and the new one. And so that's what pissed me off even more because it's like you were in the original. You should know what the original was about. Mm. Why have you fucked it now? 
I, yeah, I am. I am. There's certain movies that are absolute trigger points. Yeah. Predator remakes. Not all the Predator remakes, because there were some that I actually loved. Yeah. The Don't Touch the Lost Boys. Just don't. They're going to. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that, but we'll see. But either way, that's essentially the bulk of my collection. That's what's made me who I am in my movies. And these are kind of our recommendations for stuff that if you haven't watched them, you need to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you delve into those movies, usually if you're watching it on some sort of streaming service, go into the section where it goes movies similar to this. Oh, yeah. And start delving in. Yeah. And you will find a treasure trove of new content to watch. 100%. There, there is a Pandora's box of 80s movies that I guarantee you a lot of kids from today would never have explored. Nope. Would not know the bulk of kind of what made action action, yeah. really, when you think about it. Yeah. Yes, they know Arnold Schwarzenegger, but have they seen his full filmography? Exactly. I guarantee you I have. Like, it's a fucking problem. Yeah. Well, you and me both. Yeah, 80s and 90s, Schwartzy was oh, just- He dominated. 10. He dominated. Yeah. Between him and Stallone, mm. they really didn't put a foot wrong in that era, apart no. from Twins. I, I have a real problem with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Marge! But it's my baby. Fucking hell, I hate that movie so much. That's Junior. That's what I'm talking about, Junior as well. Yeah. But in terms of action- My nipples are very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't recall a movie that was bad. Yeah. Red Heat. <laughs> oh, God. Cocainum. And one thing that we didn't mention as well with these old 80s action movies, mm. the thing we forgot to mention was just the amount of one-liners- in all these movies is absolutely ridiculous. Just goes for days. Like the memes that you could make with these one-liners is fucked. You could have a field day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. Oh, man. So that's kind of a glimpse into the minds of Tony and Brad of the <laughs> 80s genre movies. Once you start exploring that, as T said, treasure trove of amazing films- you are going to struggle to pull yourself out of it. Oh, yeah. You really are. Yeah. And for those who are going to watch it for the first time, mm. I wish I was you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ashley, you know what? No, I don't wish that I was them because I think if you're going to watch for the first time now, you're not going to see it in the same way that we did when we first saw no. it. No. Because there's so much else to compare it to now. Yeah, that's the that problem. That you're going to play the comparison going, oh, this is shit. That's true. But back then, there was nothing else like it and it blew you away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got a question. If you could go back in time mm -hmm. and rewatch one of these movies as the first time, what would you have liked to watch again? Oh, shit. That's a tough one. Mm. Um, I would probably have to say, I'd probably go. It's a tough one for me between either Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah. and Rocky Four. Okay. Okay. What about you? It definitely slots in between Nightmare on Elm Street and Lost Boys. Okay. Just because of the raw feelings that both of them provoked and kind of built my love of horror, then, yeah, lock them two in with ease. There we go. Yeah. And that's 80s for you. There's the 80s. That's just a, just a sample of ones that we've seen. And it's not even, it, it's like a 0.001 sample. Yeah. Because when you think about it, how many movies do we have to cipher through to get to even remotely near what we had? Dude. Yeah. So many. Yeah. So many. And if you guys have any ones that we've missed and that you think should have been recommendations, feel or free to comment. Or that we haven't seen and you want us to do an episode on them. Yeah. Feel free to, to put them in the comments below and fucking let us know. Get yeah. in touch with us. Yes, please. Um, yeah. Always that would be cool. New material, so. 100%. Yeah, and not definitely. porn material, but new material in general. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Now I'll um now I'll roll off these formalities. I haven't done it in a while, so bear with me. But if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
and various other podcast apps that you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a One, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. Amazing, amazing. And your personal? Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, you can follow me at tboner80figs. That's T-B-O-N-E-R-8-0. F-I-G-S and on Snapchat at tboner18 that's T-B-O-N-E-R 18 and for myself uh, mine's pretty simple if you want to follow me it's Braddles 2505 B-R-A-D-E-L-S 2505 that's either on Snapchat Instagram or Facebook there we go there we go so there goes the um, the first installment of this three part series yes so um, keep an eye out for our next episode coming out soon um, where we're going to be visiting the 90s, where shit gets fucking real. Yeah. If you thought we had some love for the 80s, dude, just wait. For- <laughs> oh, this is the time we grew up. This oh. is the time we grew up. So, Oh, man. So take much. into consideration, <laughs> we know the 90s inside out when it comes to films. Oh, it's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot I'm of fun. Excited for we it. should look at potentially getting other people on for that one. That would be fun. We'll try. Well, try. with these new restrictions in place now, oh, we could possibly do it that is true that is true so we'll um, we'll see how we go true all righty well until next time guys fucking bop bop <laughs>